0: Nation. Hope you guys are enjoying your Saturday, your whole week actually, uh, every day of your life. This is another enticing episode of Geek Fives Live uh, that we do every Saturday at 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock on the Blog Talk Network, um, of course, on our wonderful Facebook group of Geek Fives Nation. Um, throughout the night, we're going to be talking about some wonderful stuff, uh, including D23, film news. And just a whole bunch of other stuff. We might do a little bit of debating later on if we get around to it. But it uh, should be a great show. I want to uh, introduce all of our panelists today. Uh, first, we got uh, Mr. Nick, not Nick Cage, but Nick Smith.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I wish I was Nick Cage. I mean, I guess I might be in a lot of debt and have to do a bunch of shitty movies. So maybe I don't wish I was Nick Cage. Yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm Nick Smith. I'm cool with that.
0: All right, well, you know, as long as you're cool with it, Nick, we're good. We're golden, you know. And we I've also have – I've one, come to grips with it. You've come to grips with your disease. Uh, your, your, what if Nick Cage was a disease? Like, what if you just grew like, angrier? Like, you know, it made you, like, so that you were very, very, like, wound up, but you were very calm about it, and then you just freak out out of nowhere like it does in every one of those goddamn movies. Um, but – and, and Is Nick
2: Cage disease like Lou Gehrig disease? Like
3: yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that's wonderful, Caden. You just talked. Uh, how's it going, buddy? We also have Caden on the panel.
2: Yes, it's going good. Lots and lots to talk about tonight. So, thank you so much, Disney, for giving us stuff to talk
0: about. Absolutely, and the wonderful and amazing Caitlin. How are you doing over in Alaska at four o'clock? I'm uh- it.
4: I'm really good, it is nice and bright and sunny here in beautiful Alaska, it is hot as blazes, although hot as blazes to me is 70 degrees, so um, yeah, it's gorgeous here and um, I'm doing good, doing real good, so let's, let's get to it, I'm ready to talk about some D23 and geek out, let's do it.
0: Alright, well that sounds great. Let's do this. Let's get into the breakdown of the topics, guys. Our first thing from D23... Uh, D23... D23... Uh, I'll be able to pronounce it at some point. Uh, Alright, McGregor. <laughs> right, D23, I put you right in the fork. I fucked one time. Anyways, sorry, uh, didn't mean to get started with that. Fucking one time in the chin. He fucking rubbed his head, dude. I kind of want Connor to get knocked the fuck out, even though I kind of want him to knock Mayweather out. It's going to be shit. Game, anyway, language. that's to do
4: Language. Language.
0: Ah, uh, you know, that went out the window. Language. All right, language. Captain
1: America, <laughs> slow your roll. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Lady Liberty over here. All right, well, let's let <laughs> talk about this trailer breakdown, guys. Since we couldn't watch the trailer, we got a play-by-play of a written description, and the trailer apparently for Avengers Infinity War goes like this. I'm going to give you a description and then, the, like, little uh, parts that happened within it uh, that they have, like, described. So the trailer begins with the Guardians of the Galaxy in space. Suddenly, a body hits their spaceship. It's Thor unconscious wearing his gladiator garb from Thor Ragnarok. They bring him inside his the ship, and they ask what's going on. Next, we're on Earth, where our heroes are dealing with the deaths and destruction. Loki has a Tesseract. Peter is on a school bus and sees his arm hair start tingling. People assumed That could be Spidey-sense shown. So maybe his powers are evolving throughout his adolescence. Um, Who knows? Anyways, um, it's hard to break down how wild this trailer is, but here's just some uh, small observations. Spider-Man has a new suit uh, that looks quite advanced. It's very similar to the one from Homecoming. Captain America has a beard and looks like he's been through a lot, very weary. Uh, Thanos wears the Infinity Gauntlet and pulls down part of the moon or wait, pulls down part of a moon to battle the Avengers on an alien planet. Uh, Dr. Strange battles alongside the Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man on the same planet. So we got all that information, uh, very exciting information for the trailer. Now I can't wait to see it visually. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about this play-by-play? Are you excited? Is it like listening to a football game over the radio almost?
1: Yeah, it kind of is. Um, I'm like you. I, I can't wait to actually see the trailer so I can just like really absorb all of the information that they're going to be throwing at us. Um, I'll probably watch it like 10 times in a row, like I did with the last Jedi trailer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really exciting. And I think like, I've been kind of saying for a while that like, I think this is going to be, um, you know, you're going to get like a lot of, um, a lot of back and forth between these scenes, uh, between these characters to try and balance all of these characters. And, you know, at some point it's going to all kind of come together. Um, but I think that's really interesting. Uh, and I think also like from the uh, initial report that we heard, um, the rumor was the guardians weren't going to show up until the third act. And so now like with this, like you see, you see Thor coming. So like, I wonder how he gets in that position. Cause it almost kind of sounds like since he's in his gladiator garb, it almost kind of sounds like it's going to kind of take place right after, um, Ragnarok. So, does that mean we're not going to get Thor until the third act? Is that was that report not true? Or are we going to get the Guardians earlier? It's it just opens up a, a ton of questions, and so I can't wait to actually see it to be able to, uh, you know, really geek out and go into all the different possibilities of of what each of the clips and scenes mean. Well, I also
0: forgot to uh, say is that there was also a lot of pictures. And I'll let you, uh, you know, talk about this before I pass all the information on to the next person. But uh, Thanos was displayed with his Black Order, so apparently Thanos is going to have a group of his own gladiators. And if you, I don't know much about the Black Order because it's definitely like a newer Marvel thing that's happened the last couple of years. I know that in the comic books, the gentleman that uh, that Ronan killed and that was in the original Avengers, uh, the little sidekick uh, of. Thanos was a part of that group in the comics, but I don't know much about it. But apparently, so he has a team. Um, so how do you how do you feel about it looks like that might be a definitive team of badass players, or maybe they'll just be cannon fodder. Which one do you think that will be, Nick?
1: Uh, I mean, part of me kind of wants to focus on Thanos, so I don't want them to be like like too uh, – I don't want to focus on them too much, but we all, of course, are going to get Avengers 4 – um, which, you know, could be Thanos again. Um, so, you know, I, I can kind of go either way. I wouldn't necessarily say cannon fodder, but don't spend too much time on them, I would say, because um, I really want a lot of Thanos because they just built, built it up so much to that. Um, but I want to know who that big dude is on the far right. Like, I, I, maybe one of y'all can tell me, like, that dude looks like he's going to be some trouble. Um, maybe I, I'm thinking Hulk is probably going to have to take him out.
0: Maybe uh, maybe Grodd and Hulk team up. Who knows? We're going to be able to see a bunch yeah. of stuff like that. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Kanan knows more information about the whole Black Order. I have no idea. I just know I don't know too much about it. But uh, how did you feel about the description for the trailer and the fact that Thanos is going to have the Black Order? Kind of like I'm thinking Kanan, like his Galactus kind of has his, uh, his uh, whatchamacallit, his, uh, oh man, my geek cred is going down the drain right now. His followers, but they're not followers, the ones that he takes control of, like Silver Surfer. God, I'm going to scream the word out. But anyways, Kanan, how do you feel about it? Yeah,
2: I posted the uh, picture on the Twitter page
0: uh, the other
2: day, when, and it was just speculation that they were going to be in it. So it was pretty cool that they were uh, you know, actually confirmed today. Uh, the big guy that you're talking about, uh, Nick, uh, his name is Black Dwarf. Um, so there. Nothing's worse about that dude. <laughs> no, no, he's he's very he's very huge, but uh, you know the Black Order they're just they're really just like a race of aliens that work for Thanos. They're kind of like his, uh, you know, like his crew that he sends out. And I I, I think I don't think there'll be cannon fodder, but I think a majority of the movie will probably be the Avengers and the Guardians all fighting them on different parts of you know the world. Uh, and then Thanos, uh, I'm thinking will probably be kind of a a third act. Um, uh, you know, I don't know that. I mean, from what they're saying, it seems like Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet in this movie. Uh, whereas I think a lot of people speculated that he would be obtaining the stones throughout the movie, uh, and then probably wouldn't have it Until the next one. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Thanos is one and done uh, because you know we do know that. Uh, uh, Brolin is going and doing Cable, uh, you know, in the Deadpool movie. So, I mean, if he can juggle both, then that's great. But, uh, no, uh, y'all know that I'm very hardcore DC, but I am so hyped after hearing this footage. I'm like Nick that I really want to see it, and I'll probably watch it a a million times once it comes out. But, uh, no, I mean, just just what they describe sounds insane. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a whole lot going on, You know, and hopefully it translates well on the screen once we see the entire
0: movie. Heralds is what I was thinking, the Heralds of Galactus, but Uh, I I, I, I agree Yeah, so very similar to that, Um, but Caitlin, um, how did you like this breakdown Mm -hmm. of the trailer itself? Are you excited to see the trailer more, and also how do you feel about Thanos having his own crew of supervillains for this movie?
4: I I think that it's good that he has a team, because I think that, you know, even supervillains get lonely and need some backup. Um, (laughs) And and supervillains need friends, too. And on that note, I I like, um, I'm psyched, I'm, you know, personally, like, I really feel like this is going to be fun. I like that they're slow playing, possibly the Spidey sense with, you know, his arm hairs raising up and stuff, and... I like that they're kind of, you know, like I said, it's a slow burn. They're parsing it out. And I think the reason for that is it's, and I know this is going to sound so weird and like so random, but bear with me. Um, I think it's because, you know, as he's growing and evolving in his superpowers, in his personal life, and, you know, I think it might be kind of allegorical to to growing up and being a teenager and, you know, going through the puberty and the, like, I mean, like, not as, like, gross, like, gross stuff. But, like, and, and I hope, I really hope that, like, he doesn't get the organic webbing now because that's just going to make that really gross for me. Um, <laughs> because thinking about that in some sort of, like, hormonal way, and then he gets organic webbing, and I'm like, ah, gross. Um, I, oh, uh, God, thank God I only have a daughter because I, i ugh. boys are boys are gross. You're nasty, nasty creatures. Uh, anyway, so my point that I'm slowly making is that I, I think it's cool. Like everybody, like you know, poops their pants when. You know, the movie when Home Coming came out and they were like, He doesn't have Spidey Sense And I'm like, Yeah, give the brother some time, you know, let him grow into it. And and that's that seems to be kind of what they're doing. Um they're they're gonna let him grow into his powers and adjust and, and what have you. Um much like, you know, he is growing into his life as a superhero and, and you know, learning from Tony Stark and you know, has a mentor and and, and what have you. Um I'm I'm excited that the that the Guardians of the Galaxy hit Thor with their um, uh, with their spaceship because it kind of goes back to the first Thor movie where Jane Foster keeps on hitting him with her with her truck or car or whatever <laughs> trailer like like it's it's a funny like gag you know it's an ongoing gag I just watched Thor yesterday while I was cleaning I, I threw it on and I was like. 'Cause you know, I I went back and rewatched the Thor Ragnarok trailer and I was like, Ah, you know, to get excited for possibly seeing this trailer at D twenty three, but apparently we're not good enough to see it full screen. I'm you know, I just gotta be patient. But um Thanks a lot, Disney. Um, but anyway, um I understand the reason for that they want to you know build up the hype and everything and get people excited which you know mission accomplished and so i yeah but i thought that that was really cool that they did that and then um it was kind of like you know a very human response you know from a a god uh you know like who the hell are you (laughs) like who the hell are you people um and uh, which would be my first response if, you know, i was floating around in space, somebody hit me with their like spaceship and brought me in and I woke up and saw these like crazy people and like who the hell are you? Um I like that. I like that they make them human beings. Like like with the language thing, you know, it's, you know, kind of an anachronism type of you know thing that they use with uh, with Captain America or having them all sitting around after a party and, you know, taking turns, trying to pick up Captain America's hammer or Captain America's. Oh my God, I'm an idiot. Uh, Thor's hammer. I'm tired. Um, I like that they make this cast like very human, very, you know, flawed and have personalities and, you know, depth of character and stuff like that. So, and, you know, and some humor. Yeah. I think that's important. Uh as far as thinness goes, I don't you know, I I'm not an expert on him. Uh I know of him. I've read about him. I've seen him for many, many years. I I think he you know, from based on the concept art I've seen, that's pretty awesome. Like I I think Brolin's gonna kick it out of the park. or kick it hit it I can't speak today. Like this is ridiculous. He is gonna hit it out of the park. That's a baseball reference. Uh I don't know. Somebody shut me up. Man. But you liked Seriously. it. You
0: liked it is what you're trying to say,
4: right? There we you, go. You, you I would... liked it. There. Yes, I liked it. I I liked it a lot. Well, and I'm very very excited and I like I somebody on Twitter was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to need oxygen." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I'm going to need oxygen too. Like I'm going to bring like a can of O2 and a face mask." The nurse what
0: is very heavy. Oh man.
4: Yeah, oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, god. We're getting a little bit sweaty
0: here just talking about this Avenger trailer, but we actually have someone that called in, so I want to take their question and find out. Thank you for calling in. Please, God, do not be a troll. It's probably a troll. All right. You are on with Geek 5 Live. Who is this?
5: It's just me, Dane. I was a little late coming in from work.
0: Gerald, how's it going, man?
5: Sexy, man. How are you guys?
0: Doing great. Um... So how, how did you – did you hear a little bit about the Avengers uh, trailer, and um, how, how did you like all that?
5: I thought it was dope. I was reading uh, about it, how um, apparently there's a scene in the trailer that shows how the Guardians meet the Avengers. I mean, I hope to see an actual trailer. If you guys seen something, let me know if there's a link.
0: We did. I can definitely oh. check that
5: out. Like I mean, I was, like, really excited for, like, the – Toy Story Land and stuff like that, but, like, the Disney stuff, like, you know, with the Avengers and everything was actually dope.
4: Yeah, uh, I haven't seen any trailers drop. Um, I got Rick Rolls, so there's
1: that. There's
0: always that. There's always been Rick Rolls. Well, all right, let's go on I to the like, other stuff that we saw at D23. Um, Nick, after, I'm going to let you lead this. Uh, if you want to break down... Um, The, uh, basically the, what was it, behind the scenes for the next Star Wars?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was super cool. I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, it's just behind the scenes footage. There's, there's a lot of pieces, parts, you know, like it's all chopped up. None of it's like, uh, uh, like it's all green screen in the background and, you know, or whatever. Um, so it's, it's just, you know, side shots and what have you, but there's several interesting shots in it. Um, I love the you know there's there's a, you know a part where you know Leia is basically talking about how the movie is is so great because it's about family, which means hopefully you know we're gonna get to see a, at least a fair amount of Luke and Leia like you know together once again because um, I mean you know we didn't really get we got a little bit of Han and Leia but not a lot and then of course Luke was off on his island the whole time for Episode Seven so like this is kind of our last chance to get that, that reunion that we all want to see. So I'm really optimistic on that from what was being said in the, in the behind-the-scenes clip. And then there were two separate uh, uh, shots of uh, you know Ray fighting off uh, three dudes with her lightsaber um, in what I would assume would be other lightsabers. And then there's a shot of Kylo Ren uh, fighting off two dudes uh, with, like, staffs. Um, so again like because this isn't finished footage it's it's impossible to tell you know what exactly is going on there but uh, you, you know I mean the the uh, tinfoil hat uh, version of me is like whoa like what, you know what, would Kylo Ren turn on uh, the Knights of Ren if he like fighting them off or whatever does he switch sides and you know did the Knights of Ren all have lightsabers like uh, so yeah I was totally geeking out watching it and Um, it's just awesome to get these like nice little nuggets along the way. And, you know, I just hope that it delivers as far as what everyone says, that it's, it's going to really kind of turn, you know, the, the fans and viewers notion, uh, notions, plural of the force kind of on its head. And, you know, we're going to get something brand new and fresh. And I'm really, really excited for that.
0: That's awesome, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it too, especially from what you say about it. Um, you know, just the information of of will Kylo Ren basically within all of this defect and become is 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 their transition going to be one goes to the light and the other one goes to the dark? Is is that what they're going to do within this trilogy? Or, Which I think would be cool. And if or they, maybe if they don't do that,
1: what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, or maybe they both meet in the middle. Like maybe maybe neither goes completely to one side, but they draw closer to the middle because you already kind of see where uh Kylo is struggling with with embracing the dark side fully and Luke has this kind of is is uh rumored to have this this new um view of the force a, as a whole and how maybe the jedi didn't exactly have it all right um so you know maybe they kind of you know come closer to the middle and aren't necessarily jedi or uh i guess sith like or dark side wielder you know or no, maybe that's, that's cool.
4: Ray is bad. I I don't know. I would like to see that. I think that would be really cool.
0: If if well, Caitlin, Caitlin go go into detail. Like uh, judging from the stuff that he said, just you know, kind of think about some stuff that you'd like to see in this movie. Like you're saying.
4: I see. That's the thing is that I I really like. Um, the concept of you know our preconceived notions kind of being turned on their on its head like not shock sake a shock, okay, uh not where they're uh they're they're just throwing stuff out just to throw like it, like you said, it has to have a basis like yeah, you have to be able to go into some amount of detail you look at like Ray's character or whatever, yeah, she's good, but I mean I guess like good for what purpose like you know she was, she was dumped on this planet or whatever um, and you know abandoned by her family she's probably got some issues from that like who's to say that that doesn't turn to some rage Who do, who's to say that you know her father isn't who she thought it was maybe you know maybe I don't know maybe it just ends up not being what she thought it was and she ends up like, feeling some resentment from that and, and switching. And then, and then you know, Kylo Ren, you know, after killing his father, he's like, uh, maybe I should be good. I, I don't know. Like, I, it's just a theory. I just, I'm it's, just throwing it out it's, there. No, it, Is it no honestly, it's a cool concept
0: like to, to, to think about because of the fact of, like, you know, if they're the opposing concepts of, of the, the dark side and the light, and they actually make a transition where, you know, either one of them changes or both of them do. I like that concept within the storyline, but like I said, they don't necessarily have to do that. Kanan, do you think that Ray's going to end up raging out and um, becoming dark, or how did you feel about these details with the Star Wars um, behind-the-scenes trailer? Uh, No, I I really
2: think they're going to go a different route, and honestly, I don't think we're going to get the same story that we did like with Vader um, redeeming himself and then going back to the light. I think, I think Kylo Ren has fully embraced the dark side. Uh, if you watch that behind-the-scenes trailer, you can see that he even is like kind of dressing more like Darth Vader. He's got the longer robes. You know, he's kind of going more traditional. I think, I think he struggled with it in uh, the Force Awakens. I think, you know, him killing Han Solo was it. I think that was the full. Push he needed to go to the dark side I think Ray has embraced the light I think she will be The one in the end that brings the balance To the force um, Much like You know Vader or Anakin Was in the original trilogy um, I think that um, You know This this did a good, good Job of showcasing that um, The trailer also I think Was just kind of a more I, I feel like it was more of kind of a tribute to uh, Carrie Fisher you know showed a lot of stuff a lot of emphasis on her um, but no I mean as far as the movie goes I don't think we're going to see Ray turn I mean if, if if she did that would be like that would be huge because I don't think anybody sees that she's so like goody two shoes and you know so likable that you know if she turned I mean that would be like one of the maybe one of the biggest twists in cinematic history. Um, just because I don't think anybody expects it. I think people talk about it, but they don't really think that they'll go that route. I think you're going to have the light and the dark, and that's how it's going to be. I don't even think Kylo will be redeemed. I think he'll go down as a full-blown Sith um, like uh, Dark Maul. So.
0: Uh, I like that way of thinking, though, because, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for it to actually just be more cut and dry. Because you're right, because I don't think they would end up doing it. It's like saying that you want Conor McGregor – it's not just on our mind tonight. You want Conor to knock out <laughs> Floyd Mayweather, but but you know it's not going to happen. You know, it's like the same type of – you know, you're not, you're not going to bet money on it, if you will. Um, so – uh, before I go to Gerald, the best it's someone called, so I'm going to add him in and see what they, what's up. I think it's actually someone that we know. Hello, how's it going? Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Who do I got? Uh, this is... Excuse me? This is it? This is it. Danny? Hello? Can
6: you hear me? Uh, oh, I Juwan. know who it
0: is. It's Joanne. <laughs> no, yeah. we can kind of hear you, like a uh, every third uh, sort of way. Is
6: it better now
0: or still bad? I no, mean, you, you sound still like sound a like a robot. robot having sex, but uh... <laughs> exactly. Did you see a video game? We, <laughs> we need. We need. We need to uh,
2: invest in getting uh, a better phone or, or some towers put up in Jawan's area.
6: Yeah. <laughs> like another free password. Is it Tell
0: him, get... out of that... Tell him to get Somebody out of that. Tell bomb shelter. Somebody the mayor shelter. of New Well, I heard him go outside, so I'm assuming governor, he's running to the I middle guess. of the street. Jawan <laughs> on site. Are you there? Can you hear us? Yeah, can you
4: hear me? You need Hold our assistance.
0: You need, like, a antenna at least, like, a mile long. like send <laughs> a
4: smoke signal, or a raven.
0: A raven. That's a great idea.
4: That's <laughs> the milk of the poppy.
0: <laughs> uh, Juwan, scream really high-pitched <laughs> with your falsetto when you're ready to talk. I'm going to... Yeah. Move on, I guess. Through, uh, that... Gerald and and see what he thought about that Star Wars stuff. Right. Gerald, on Lord knows, man, eh? he's gone all over the place. All right.
5: I guess Jawan made a return.
0: I'm not sure. I'm, I'm very confused, Gerald. It, it's the nicest mystery of who murdered Juwan because we keep, we keep on hearing him and then we keep on losing him. But regardless, <laughs> yeah, the we're... time being, um, how did you hear, how did you feel about the information that you heard for uh, Star Wars? And are you pumped? Do you think Rey might be turned to the dark side and vice versa with Kylo Ren?
5: Um, I don't think she's turning, you can't build her up as this, you know, new character and then half I go to the dark side. Um, I was actually I'm thinking just imagine
4: for it to happen. I just said yeah. I like yeah. We all want well, to there, I don't think Disney is gonna shoot itself in the freaking face and be like all this this character that like has been like a, a role model to girls and like that we have spent a lot of time and money and merchandising on we're just gonna shoot her in the face and make her evil, and I'm like, uh, I would like to see it happen well, because I think it would be a cool twist. I don't think it's actually gonna happen. I don't want anybody getting on like Facebook or Twitter and be like, that Caitlyn girl's an effing idiot. She doesn't know what the hell she's None talking None of us about. will. I, I promise I,
0: you, Caitlyn. We won't. We won't get on and do that. That's, that would be that would be mean. It's just an assumption. It it would be interesting yeah. and cool at the same time if it were to happen. You know, uh, Gerald. Back. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I was saying, like, it would be pretty, like,
5: I was actually thinking, imagine, like, you know, Ray's actually, since there's no, you know, notice of her parents or any type of, like, you know, family or kin, imagine she's, like, a droid and doesn't even know that she's a droid. And, like, her powers are actually kinetic powers. It's not, like, the before. What? It's, like, some. Like, that. that would be really weird. Like, I know that's really weird, but, like, just imagine that, like. <laughs> It says Star Wars,
1: not Blade Runner. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> <What>?
6: <laughs> it's not Terminator Genesis. What are, what are you talking about, Gerald?
1: All right, Jamal, well, we got you.
6: Yeah, we
0: we, we definitely—I heard that high-pitched "what" from you. So, uh, how do you feel about this concept about possibly Ray being a robot? I kind of think it's interesting, but it is—it is like a little bit close to Blade Runner. How do you feel, Jamal? Well, I mean,
6: I guess if Gerald's is doing like a Star Wars Terminator hybrid, I guess that makes sense. Um, right? I, no. I. Hello? Yeah. What's up, buddy? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I thought someone was trying to say something. Um, no, but honestly, they're not going to turn her dark. Only uh, this is someone that you're trying to build up to little girls around the world and it'd be really bad to say hey don't you want to be like ray don't you see how much of a leader and stand up person she is yeah well now she kills people so yeah there you go But <laughs> so, no i don't even hey, yeah. Kylo
1: Ren until that uh, that earthquake like moved moved them apart <laughs>
6: <laughs>
0: they have an interesting yes, yes, person no, no, teaching I, I them agree with that.
1: because we know that
0: we know that uh, luke skywalker has encompassed both uh, both sides of the dark side and the normal side, obviously. Um, so he's mm-hmm. teaching, he has Kylo Ren in the past, and he also has Ray in the future. So if he's neutral, the fact that both of them, his students, if you will, you know, are balancing between the two. It's just a really cool concept. I love Star Wars, and I cannot wait for this movie to come out. We need to keep on moving, but I will ask, Juwan, um since you were the person that posted up the information, um, wh- what do you think about the description, man, for, uh, for the Avengers trailer?
6: Oh, wow, oh wow, um, yeah, shit, uh, that's gonna be epic Did you just um, come? you guys unfortunately, yeah, no, a little bit uh, a <laughs> um, no, but you guys won't see it until um comic con uh saying they might release it um just an hour and a half almost two hours of their panel, um probably ten minutes to show it there they'll actually officially it if they don't do it this week. Um, so if you guys hear, like, Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are on, like, the Jimmy Kimmel show, yeah, we're going to get a trailer sooner than Comic-Con. But, um, it's it's, it's insane. Be it always, it's always Kimmel. It's always Kimmel. It was insane. I will say the biggest highlight outside of Cat having a beard because he's been through some shit is Thanos <laughs> and the Avengers with him. So this movie is going to be six kinds of fucking
0: insane. I can't wait, man. All right, well, let's go into Disney stuff. Uh, By the way, you still sound a little bit like robots mating, but not so bad. Like most of it's your voice, (laughs) but then there's robots fucking at the end of some of it. So just to warn you. Um, I don't know what you could really do about that. It's not like you're fucking robots or anything like that, I hope. Are you fucking a robot, John? (laughs) Ex-Machina style. No
6: comment. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Exxon. No, yeah, well, uh,
0: Alexander or whatever her name is, Alicia Alexander. Oh man, I can't remember.
1: She Vikander. Dick
0: thank you, thank you. Uh, type. All right, let's go on to the Disney <laughs> stuff that happened. Uh, we got some casting information that you guys are gonna be excited about. All right, first on the le- like, they opened up with The Lion King and showed the Circle of Life sequence from The Lion King, directed by John Favreau. And apparently the whole auditorium was off its hinges. Everyone was applauding, very excited about it. We found out last night that John Oliver is going to uh, be Zazu um, in The Lion King. And now we have word that Wolverine himself, Hugh Jackman, is playing Scar. Uh, Caitlin, I know that you love Mr. Hugh Jackman and also Scar. You're a big fan of uh, Scar for some reason too. But um, how do you feel about this casting? And are you excited about the Lion King with this casting information?
4: No, I'm not excited at all. Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Hate everything. Um, I yeah, I'm super psyched. Uh, Hugh Jackman posted a picture on you know yesterday of him at Disney World in front of a statue of disney and mickey mouse and the statue is called partners and hugh jackman simply just put partners hashtag disneyland simple right dudes on vacation probably doing some stuff with disney he's done stuff before no big deal right okay no like Twitter went freaking crazy and they were like oh my god Wolverine's an Avenger now and I'm like oh my no that is no that is literally not what that means sometimes a statue is just a statue nerds calm down and um, like and, uh, one second um, I am going to have to, you're going to have to come back to me um, because my daughter is calling for me and uh, I believe something is amiss one moment talk amongst yourselves. I will return, because I have some opinions.
1: Okay. So, so do you go? Do I go? Like, what's the deal here?
0: <laughs>
2: Did we lose Dane? Where's Dane?
0: What happened to Dane?
1: Oh, he's
2: probably, oh okay. He's well, probably... well
0: uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. I was on mute. Hey. I was actually talking to you, but you couldn't hear me. Um... I do, I do the whole mute thing in between so that you can't hear any of my riff raff and stuff like that. It's a, it's a thing I do, but then sometimes I forget because I have a horrible memory. But anyways, getting back to you, Nick, uh, how did you like the information for the casting?
1: Uh, I, I love it. Um, a, I love John Oliver. Last week, tonight, is like one of my weekly regulars. Um, I think it's hilarious, and he touches on a lot of uh, issues that a, a lot of mainstream media just kind of overlooks. So I just want to give a shout out to last week tonight. Love it. Um, but yeah, I think John Oliver is kind of, um, I guess I don't want to, I'll say it cheekiness. Um, uh, it just, it's you so fitting bugger. to that character. <laughs> well, seriously though, it's so fitting for that character. I love it. Um, like that is casting and, uh, Hugh Jagman, um, you know, kind of, uh, going back to playing a villain, I think, I don't think we've seen that since maybe the prestige, um, which is, you know, that's, that's over 10 years ago now. So like, that's also like super, super awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great casting for Scar. It's not someone that I had pegged at all. Um, so, uh, you know, good on you, Disney. You always come through.
0: Seriously, uh, Cannon, do you feel the same way about the casting?
6: Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I really didn't expect it. I, I saw where people were uh, talking about it on Twitter, and I really just thought it was a rumor. You know, like Caitlin said, people trying to make something out of nothing with that picture of him at Disney. Uh, but I really think the the voice cast is is dead on. I mean, even bringing back James Earl Jones for Mufasa. Uh, I I love Hugh Jackman. I think it'd be good, but I mean, if we're bringing back um, James Earl Jones, then, you know, I feel like Jeremy Irons probably could have come back and did uh, scar again. So it's, those are, those are two of the most iconic voices from, from the uh, animated movie. Uh, And it will be different not hearing uh, Jeremy Irons uh, tone of scar, but I mean, Hugh Jackman's a great actor. So I, I think he'll do wonders with it. And like Nick said, uh um you know John Oliver, I think he's like dead on. I don't know who the I don't know who the actor was that did the voice in the animated movie, but I think uh John Oliver will do a great Mr. job. Mr. Bean. I forgot then, the actor is. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Okay, okay, yes. Uh, okay. And then uh Seth Rogen as Pumbaa, I mean that's going to be uh you know pretty awesome <laughs> as well. So this, uh, this thing <laughs> is, uh, you know, is setting up a uh, – yeah, that's exactly how he's going to laugh with his stoner little giggle. But, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm on board with Hugh Jackman. <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean, if you're going to have someone, you might as well have Hugh Jackman. You know, if Jeremy Aaron's not going to do it, it's unfortunate. i got to get over that because I felt exactly like you with that whole entire thing. But, hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But uh, who we got? So – I'm going to come back to Caitlin, but I thought to ask Gerald. Gerald, how do you like the casting for um, for John Oliver as Zazu and for Hugh Jackman as Scar for Aladdin? And are you excited?
4: Gerald?
5: Gerald? Uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me?
0: I can hear yeah. you, buddy. What's up?
5: Oh, my bad. My phone was on mute. I'm so
0: sorry. Hey, I just did it. I know exactly how you feel. Yeah, I know. We're 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 two for six today.
5: Oh my god. We got like twenty seconds of dead air. We we apologize, Geek Live viewers. I'm so sorry. Oh but yeah, um I'm excited about the project. I mean um John Favreau did a an incredible job with Jungle Book. Like I still watch that still to the day. Like I think I've seen it like three times in theaters and then it's on Netflix, so I'll put it on here and there because the quality of it is so new. And it's like, even though it's retelling like a Disney story, he did it in such a way. It was like, yo, this has so much, you know, replayable, like, you know, rewatchable value. But with the Lion King, you know, you got Seth Rogen and all, you know, all these people coming back and then not coming back, but joining the cast. And then my, my thing is though, when they first announced it, I'm like, listen, if they don't cast James L. Jones as Mufasa, I'm not watching it. But then when they casted him, and then they got Donald Glover as, I guess, um, adult Simba, which was actually pretty awesome. He's, you know, shout out to Donald Glover because his career is just blowing up now. Um, and, right, um, and then Steve Jackman, he wasn't my pick at Scar as a diehard Disney fan, you know, especially the person who grew up with the original Lion King. I would have loved to see uh, Jeremy Irons return, but you know, obviously, we all can't get what we want. Hugh Jackman apparently was one of the best choices, but I would have loved to see Idris Elba take a uh, a strike at Scar because Idris Elba has like one of those deep, masculine, like scary type voices when he when he he's playing like a criminal. So my pick for Scar would have been Idris Elba, but. Hugh Jackman is, you know, he's a person, he's a great, you know, cast because for the simple fact he has theater, Broadway, and, you know, singing background, so he can probably nail all the songs and, you know, all the acting, you know, going towards Scar. So just got to see it, and then I'll give my more in-depth opinion, you know, after, you know, the movie comes out.
0: Absolutely, but, I mean, you said a a great point, is that Hugh Jackman is known for being... A Broadway, you know, performance. So imagine him being Be Prepared. Like I can't wait to see oh, yeah. that in front of me. Uh, Caitlin, are you back? Can you uh, can you talk now?
4: Yes, I am. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a fun fact about parenting. Okay, y'all ready? You know how yeah, I, sure. I alluded. You know how I alluded to people pooping their pants earlier. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my daughter literally just pooped her pants. So then
0: <laughs> Hey, I, I I did 20 minutes ago. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm <laughs> still it.
4: Stop shaming me. No, um I she she came in playing with her friends cuz she's 6. It happens, you know, whatever. Everybody poops their pants at one point in their life or sometimes it's 20 minutes ago, sometimes it's 20 years ago. It just depends on who you are. Uh Dane so she comes in and she's like, Mommy, I pooped my pants and I'm like, Oh, okay. I obviously need to get off I was like, I put y'all on mute. I was like, Get in the tub right now, I'll be right there. And uh yeah, it was disgusting, but you roll up your sleeves, you're like, All right, right everyone well, take care of this. So yeah. Caitlin, um, anyways, did. more
0: back on the concept of uh Lion King, you know.
4: Well, after after that, um Oh, Abby is informing me she's going to wear her swimsuit. All right, wait, what happened? Get changed. Go get changed, please. Can I wear my swimsuit? Yes, wear your swimsuit, yes. I'm so sorry. Well, we're going to move on.
0: Um, Um, So we also had some Aladdin casting news. Um, Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, There's not a lot I actually know about the gentleman that's playing Aladdin. He's been in a bunch of stuff, uh, both television and movies. Uh, But Mena Musod, I believe is how you pronounce it, I probably butchered that. have be playing uh, Aladdin. Miami Scott, who played uh, one of the Power Rangers, um, and she's been in a bunch of other independent films. She's going to be playing Jasmine, and Will Smith is now confirmed to be a genie. Let me go back to Caitlin, since I just uh, confirmed you. Caitlin, um, how do you feel about this casting? Especially Will Smith as a genie seems to be the big uh, point of uh, anger between fans.
4: Uh, I don't know why they're angry. Um, I think he's got great comedic timing. I, I think he could pull it off. Um, I don't think anybody at Disney was born yesterday. I think that there's usually like I've seen them make some bad casting calls before. I mean, in in terms of yeah, it was good, but this probably would have been better, kind of. But that's all subjective. Uh, however, I, the other two, I mean, I. No clue. I I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but um, I, and I need to go back and look at that. Uh, but but no, Will Smith is a genie. I could see it. I mean, I I was actually watching some clips. Uh, somebody sent me a compilation of Will Smith just dancing on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Just just the scenes where he dances, and I mean, just that was like twenty minutes of footage, footage alone. Uh of him dancing and being goopy. Like that's how he got his start was, was being a goopy, affable, lovable guy. And and that was that was the the basis of his character on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And um and, and that's what made the show so wildly popular is that it was very, very funny. And so yeah, and then he branched out later on and did, you know, dramas and stuff. So I guess maybe people are so used to seeing him and stuff like concussion and Ali and, 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 other movies of that nature that it's kind of hard to, to see him and, you know, and, and dead shot and, and, and what have you, and, you know, uh, pursuit of happiness. God, I could go on and on with all like the serious stuff that he has done. Um, you know, all movies that i have like cried at, Um and nobody really sees him in that, you know, in that comedy role anymore. I think, what was the last comedy he's done? I, like, really Probably funny. Hitch. like Like, would it be Hancock yeah. or Hitch? I don't know which one came. Well, Hancock wasn't really funny. While. I
0: know it was a comedy, but he was depressing in that movie. He was kind of just like an alcoholic and, and stuff.
4: Yeah, no, my favorite, my favorite part of that movie, which I actually thought that was a grossly underrated film, um, it was Charlie Theron, right? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. Charlie Theron and him, and it was an underrated film. It was actually really, really good. It was well done, um, and uh, Jason Bateman, and uh, I, I love it. Like one lady in the crowd is like, "I can smell alcohol on your breath," and he's like, "Cause I've been drinking, bitch." And I just, like, (laughs) that part makes me laugh every single time. And he's got really good comedic timing. But, yeah, no,
3: handcuffs,
4: yeah, I guess that was, like, a dramedy he did Men
2: in Black 3. Oh, yeah, there you
4: go. Oh, yeah. Cameo in
2: Anchorman 2, so he was kind of funny in that. Oh, yeah,
4: he did, like, a bit part in Anchorman 2. He was, like, ESPN or something like that.
0: Yeah. In the fight
4: yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so, yeah, um, so, so Kanan, judging from what me and Caitlin have been saying and what you were just, uh, you know, bringing into the conversation, that he still comes up with comedy. Because I think – I think before I pass it to you, actually, Kanan, I, I think that people, like you were suggesting, Caitlin, they don't – they might not know Will Smith like probably we know Will Smith. Because when I grew up with Will Smith, it was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, that it was Independence yeah. Day, that it was Bad Boys. You know, it was more Bad comedic. Bad side oh, God, of that, that whole, whole entire spectrum. And then he did dramatic stuff, and then he had kind of a career drop, and I think people know him now for the dramatic stuff into the part where his career kind of was, was dropping compared to the past. So um, I, I'm looking forward to him. Are, are, are you looking forward also to him playing that canon? playing the genie?
2: Yeah, I mean, I really don't have a preference either way. I mean, I I like Will Smith. I think he'll do a good job. I think the reason why you're seeing so much backlash against Will Smith is because people have, uh, you know, such a strong heart for Robin Williams' performance in the original. And I think that, you know, Robin Williams isn't here to really pass that torch and say, hey, I think Will Smith's going to do a good job. So you have all these people that that's the genie they remember that they know and, you know, it's kind of like and, – and people, please, Will Smith is not going to try to be like Robin Williams. He's not going to fill those shoes. He's going to do his own version. Uh, and we don't even know if he's going to look like the genie from the movie. So – I mean from the cartoon. So, I mean, before people just start bashing Will Smith, you know, let's just give it a chance – because how many times have we seen people hate on an actor or an actress and the movie comes out and they're like, oh, my gosh, it was so great. I mean, let's just give it a chance. But I think that's the biggest reason why he's getting uh, so much backlash right now. But, uh, no, uh, the the actor for Aladdin, I, I think he's very uh, unknown. I know he's done some voice work in, uh, like, Watch Dogs. And uh, I know he was in uh, Jack Ryan. But I think very small roles. Uh, Naomi Scott... Uh, like you said, Power Rangers, I, I, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming that's her only role. So I think they, I think Disney stuck with what they said. They wanted, uh, a, you know, pretty much unknown actors for the Aladdin-Jasmine role. Uh, so now let's just see where they go as far as casting uh, Jafar and um, Iago, the bird voice. You know, we'll see how they... Well, you know, hopefully they can get with
1: Godfrey again.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that would be amazing because he was perfect in that role. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no. I mean, Will Smith's a good actor, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Hello, Nick. Do you agree that Gilbert Godfrey should be in this movie? No, actually, (laughs) how do you feel about the casting information, Nick? (laughs)
1: Um. I, I would say I would be indifferent as to whether Gilbert Gottfried reprises his role, um, but I do well, think it's fuck interesting. You. <laughs> yeah, fuck you too, Gilbert. <laughs> um, the, it, I do think it's interesting though that uh, Kanan, I mean, you brought up a good point about how people are, are you know, they just have this this image of, of Robin Williams in their head, and and I think it it's interesting too, being that you know several several of the panelists brought up, um, you know. Wanting Jeremy Irons to to, to kind of fill those shoes, and that performance is not, in my opinion, is not nearly as iconic as Robin Williams. So that's, I think that's, you know, where there's maybe a lot of people like several of you guys who like were like, yeah, I would have liked to have seen Jeremy Irons, but I'm really cool with Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson's great. Like that should be what you get with Will Smith, especially since Robin Williams is no longer with us. Um, so that's like impossible, and the notion that they would just like clip out his voice and and put it in there is is just a stupid notion for so many reasons um but uh yeah i I think that therein lies the 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 kind of uh uh problem if you will uh but I love it I love will smith um it, it it's just He's just one of those actors, like, even when he's in a bad movie, he still delivers a great performance. Like, uh, I didn't see it, but I've heard a lot of people say he's terrific And Collateral Beauty. The movie as a whole just sucks. I mean, he was probably the best part about Suicide Squad, and he just delivers every time he's put in a role, maybe short of, like, After Earth, which wasn't really his vehicle, it was his son's, Um, but he just delivers every time he's put in a role. He's Terrific, and like I, I really think that he was one of one of two uh, best case scenarios for this role. The other being, uh, of course, your brilliant idea, Dane, uh, for The Rock. I would have been totally on board for that one too. Either he or Will Smith. The fact that they chose one of these two, I am extremely happy.
2: It, yeah, if, if I, I was going cast people the people team, have to, I would have. Uh, uh, I was going to cast. I was going to say that uh, my choice uh, for the voice of genie would have been uh, John Goodman.
0: I think he would have. I think he would have
2: oh. as, as as genie.
0: So I like that. That,
2: that would have been my choice.
0: I I definitely can't hate on that concept at, at all either. I just had the rock because I was visualizing mocap. You could you don't have to do much with the rock. He could literally be the physically the genie itself. And also, he, we know he can sing uh, because of Moana, uh, or whatever the name of that movie was. A Disney movie from Hawaii. I probably screwed it up. Don't hate me. Anyways, um, and, you know, he just has that charm. Will Smith also has that concept going down. We know Will Smith can sing. We know Will Smith can just be a ham. And he's a, he's a great actor. Uh, Gerald, do you see any downsides? having Will Smith play the role that Robin Williams made so um, important in people's minds? I think the only downside is
5: I really hope that Disney doesn't go, okay, Will, we need you to tap in your rap gaze and, like, you know, rap all of Dean's <laughs> lines. So, I mean, as as an actor, he's an Oscar-nominated actor. So, I mean, I'm yep. sure he's going to study... The Latin cartoons, I think there was like three seasons of the uh, the Aladdin cartoon on the Disney Channel. I'm sure he's going to study, you know, how Robin Williams, you know, performed in the movie. So I'm, I'm, I think he's going to do a good job. I mean, people are bashing him. Let's, let's just look at all the actors they done bashed when they got casted at something. Look at Ben Affleck. He was bashed. And then when BVS came out, they was like, oh, my God, he was the best part of BVS. They bashed Heath Ledger. Ledger. It was like, it was like, Heath Ledger's gonna suck at the Joker. And when he came out, he's like, oh my God, he needs to be in the next movie. You know, he's another great actor that's not with us. I mean, they bashed so many of these, you know, great, you know, actors and actresses that when when they actually see them perform these iconic characters, it's just like, okay, this guy stole, like, you know, this this actor stole the show. Like, especially in Suicide Squad, like, Mind you, Suicide Squad was definitely better than BVS, but let's be honest, who stole the show And Suicide Squad? Margaret Robbie and Will Smith. They were, like, basically, even though they were the top paid, they also were the top, you know, actors that stole the show. So, I mean, with, you know, Naomi Watts, I've, I've heard of her name before, but the only time I've seen her was in Power Rangers. I, I didn't see any of her, other, you know, indie things that, uh, I don't want to call him Muslim or Indian. I don't know what nationality is, but the other guy, never really heard of him, so they they might have just got like an unknown actor, like a, another unknown, you know, Indian actor, like they did with um, the Jungle Book, that you know, at least get the you know, somewhat ethnicity right to a Latin. So I mean, I think this movie's going to be good. John Favreau you know knock it out the park with jungle book so i'm sure he got another home run coming with uh you know the lion well king. he's
0: doing he's doing he's doing lion king, he's doing lion king. Uh, no uh, yeah. he's, you're right though john faber's doing lion king uh guy richie and that was my next thing i was going to kind of throw out there is the one who's directing Aladdin. And I loved Skyward's oh, yeah. first couple films, Lock, Sock, and Spa, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, uh, Rock and Rolla. He's made a lot of great films. But lately, he's made ones that have, you know, been more misses than hits. So I'm wondering about him adapting, and I don't think those rumors about Tom Hardy playing Jafar were real, but I'm, I'm wondering if him adapting this movie, if anyone else is kind of nervous about that. Uh, uh, are you at all, Gerald, uh, the fact that he specifically is doing that? Um,
5: honestly I thought John Favreau was doing all the remakes on the, the Disney movie. That's why I kept saying his name. Cause, um but I never heard of this guy. I can't really speak on him. I mean if I can do some research on him, you know, after the show to give my opinion on would, the, you know, the next week's show, but I really never heard of him. I would you, recommend you know, be if you've honest. never
0: seen if 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 you've never seen Snatch, you'll definitely I mean I say that, and I'm sure someone's watching not liked it, but that's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's it's a British, I, I don't I don't know really. It's like a heist movie. It's a, it's a it's a crazy comedy, uh, black comedy. Uh, Nick, how about how, how do you feel about Guy Ritchie? Are, are you worried about him at all with his track record?
1: Uh, a little bit. Like I, because I'm I'm like you. I love Guy Ritchie. Um, I in fact. Um, you know the earlier part of his career. I know you threw out three of his movies. I would also throw in Revolver. Um, a lot of people didn't yes. like Revolver. They didn't quite get it, but it's it's. I think it's an excellent allegory for um, diving into the ego of people, because um, that's really what the movie is about. It's about fighting your inner ego, not fighting the outside world, and how your ego creates villains in your outside world. And I think. It was um, it was maybe more of a, a brilliant notion than it actually came across as, as a brilliant film. But I do think it, it hits more than it misses. Um, I won't count the movie that he did with Madonna because I think that was just because they were married. Um, so that one's out out the window. Uh, I I actually loved The Man from U.N.C.L.E. and I have yet to see the new King Arthur movie. Yeah. But obviously that was a flop. Um, and. Uh, so so I, I'm a huge fan of his, but I do, I do wonder how his style of filmmaking is going to blend with, uh, like, with kind of the box that they would, you know, traditionally put around a film like this. He's not a traditional filmmaker. That's one thing yeah. about John Favreau. Favreau he has a traditional style of filmmaking and that's why he can, he can translate to so many things. It's kind of the same feeling that I had when, when people were trying to like start a petition to get Tarantino to, to direct Deadpool two. Like I was like, ah, I love Tarantino. Tarantino is probably my favorite director. I don't want to see him do, um, uh, the Deadpool. Like I I just don't want to put him in a box, like let him do whatever it is he wants to do. Like don't put him in a box. And I, I, don't feel as passionately about that with Guy Ritchie but I do feel that a little bit like how much are they going to restrict like his kind of style and uh, will that create any sort of problem or if they just let him go full fledged with his style will that result in a film that maybe doesn't quite hit like say the Jungle Book did which I agree with Gerald is very very excellent uh, uh, you know live action adaptation of, uh, of, a, of a classic Disney film.
0: Uh, Caitlin, how do you feel about all this? Do you think that Guy Richie is oh. the right choice, or do you think that his styles will clash with Disney's style for the movie?
4: Um, first, I, I want to kind of touch on what Gerald said, because I agree, like, you know, when casting, directing, whatever, um, you know, what we do on the show is we're like, eh, you know, Maybe, maybe not. You know, this is why I think it might work. This is why I think it might not. Like, you know, you sit there and you defend your position. And and what Gerald was saying was like absolutely spot on. You know, when they come out with these announcements and stuff, and just immediately, Twitter is and and Instagram and whatever, what have you, Facebook is just it's gonna suck. This person's gonna suck. This is gonna be horrible. Like they don't, they can't do it. Like that kind of. No, like non-constructive criticism or, or, or was it non-constructive, inconstructive, whatever, um, you know. that. Well, and that it's
1: not even, honestly, it's not even really criticism because c- critiquing is you have to have something to look at, you know, it's just pitching. Yeah. <laughs>
4: oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that, just, that, that whole, you know, uh, I guess when Ben Affleck, like I guess it was kind of prophetic when, when he was uh, in a, Jay and Silent Bob strike back, and he was like, the Internet is a tool where people get together and <laughs> bitch about movies. And, and like, share pornography like, with you know, one another. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and that is really what it's become. It's like everybody has a voice, and that's great because, you know, everybody should have a voice. However, sometimes that that goes a little awry. And, and I mean, it kind of it, – it's the whole – you know song and dance every time one of these you know comic book geek sci-fi movies come out like the uber crazy fans you know that are way too heavily invested to the point where unless they did it themselves they wouldn't be satisfied um and then they're Forced to eat some humble pie as soon as it comes out because they're like, oh, well, this is exactly how I remember it, and, and I see it in my head. This is perfect, Ugh. and you're like, yep. you were, you were literally just, you know, saying that you wanted this actor or actress to die because you don't want to see them in your film franchise of choice, and and I'm just like, I, it gets so frustrating, um, and and you know, it's like, it's a wonder these people even. Take these jobs anymore because there's so much pressure. I I wouldn't do it. Like if they were like, "Hey, do you want to play this iconic character that so many people like this beloved iconic character?" Hell no, 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 no. I don't. Yeah, want until to they threat. get the paycheck out.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. like well,
4: <laughs> until they issue. No, I'm not weeping too much for them. I mean, like, they're getting paid very (laughs) handsomely. Uh, Like, like, I'm not going to go and, like, cry emo tears over this for them. But uh, on the same note, like, kind of that wait and see. However, when it comes to sitting here, like, what we're doing and speculating, that's completely different. Like, hey, do you think it'll work? Why don't you think it'll work? like, you know, and then we usually always end up like, eh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, we don't know. Well, speaking we to, don't have a
0: How do you feel yeah. about Guy Ritchie doing this?
4: Oh, do, yeah. do you think so, the guy that did Snatch yeah.
0: can do Aladdin? Yeah.
4: See, that's the thing is, and, and I'm like you, I love Snatch. I, lo- I love Guy Ritchie movies. I love that kind of caper, crime, um, heist. It's perfect kind term of, for it,
1: caper. caper. Awesome. Yeah,
4: it's, it's it's a caper movie, and, and I love that stuff, like, you know, oh, God, with the pikeys, and and Brad Pitt, and, <laughs> I mean, it was perfect, it was so perfect, and, I mean, I love all of his stuff. Um, well, pikeys, I hate
0: putting pikeys. <laughs>
4: he's got a very dry, kind of dry wit, and, you know, and, and honestly, like, you look at the Disney franchise, and you think, okay, kids, and flowers, and Mickey and, you know, Robin Williams playing a big blue genie.
0: You know, like,
4: and and so you, you you try to kind of match those two things in your head and it doesn't equate. You think, oh, caper movies where, you know, people are being, like, fed to pigs, quite literally, Um, (laughs) and, 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 like. Like some like really crazy stuff happening, and like you know, and guns and all sorts of stuff, and and this really kind of very violent kind of mentality. And then you think, oh, Disney, that oh man, that's not going to quit. That you know, that's that's not going to quit. It's not. It's gonna, not going to work. Not going to work. Um, and that would be like my first, uh, you know, my first inclination. However, um, you know, I. I think that he's a good director, and and he's shown that Fifty million times. He is a good director. Would he be good for a children's film? I don't know. I don't know. I I really yeah. I don't we haven't seen waiting. it. Yeah, we haven't seen yeah. it. So I mean, I kind of want to reserve judgment, but at the same time, I don't want to be you know kind of oh well, we'll wait and see and like have no opinion on anything. Yeah, but well, I, it's, I it's like I mean, I, you... I think he is. Yeah, I think he is famously talented. I think he can do a lot of wonderful things. Um, I, I, you know, I think honestly, why not? You know, why not? Maybe he brings something to Aladdin that we didn't see out of the cartoon. Because you know, isn't the point of these live-action remakes kind of to show us a different side that we didn't see before, like Beauty and the Beast? The whole point of it, a little bit. Is to, yeah, I mean, well, not the whole point, but, you know, the, the whole point, honestly, like, if we're going to get down to brass taxes to make a, make money, um, yeah. but, you know, this, this is a business, you know, we, we live in a capitalist society. However, um, you know, it, it kind of gave us a different perspective of, you know, what in the beast that story is and what it could be. and. And and you know everybody when the cartoon came out, you know everybody made these jokes about oh you know she's uh, uh, uh you know uh, Stockholm syndrome and, and and you know mainly tongue in cheek kind of joking about it. But those are some very real issues, and they actually touched on that in Beauty and the Beast. Like they they had him, you know, they they had him way less of a kind of Stockholm syndrome esque kind of character um and yeah they, they so made so you're basically saying
0: that someone interpret someone someone interpreted you know interpreting a concept for a disney movie just let them do their style and they can figure it out basically yeah. it doesn't matter if it strays but, away know, from I, the original I, animation that's that's that's, 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 a, that's a that's a good uh you know suggest- uh prophecy
4: yeah, and I, I definitely, like, wouldn't suggest, like, Jafar feeding, like, his enemies to pigs. Uh, you know, it's, it's a Muslim, I guess, culture, no, then, and pigs are, not gonna... pigs are, yeah, no, pigs, pigs are unclean. That is a very, like, that would be, like, in, in that context. However, I, you know, uh, more metaphorically feeding people to pigs, the, the concept of violence to that level, Feed, um,
0: feed the pigs, nonetheless. Though that's that's what you're trying to just to say, Caden. H- how did you feel about Guy Ritchie? About Dude? Guy Ritchie?
2: Well, I mean, Guy Ritchie's made three of my you know favorite movies, and that's uh, both Sherlock Holmes movies, which Robert Downey Jr. was amazing in, uh, and then um, The Man from U.N.C.L.E. So I think he has the chops to do this movie. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it depends on the tone that Disney really wants to go for, because most of his movies are, um, you know, I mean, they're none of the movies that he's done so far really, I think, would jive with what maybe Disney wants. So I think he's a good enough director to pull this off. But would he have been my first choice? Probably not, just because, like I said, if you look at his body of work, you just you just don't look at it and say, "Oh, this guy would be perfect for a Disney, you know, cartoon into a live-action movie." So, uh, but like I said, he's he's a he's a name that's uh, he's done you know pretty well as far as movies go. Uh, yeah, like Nick said, the King Arthur movie, a lot of people like. But it, it bombed in the in the box office, so I guess we'll just have to you know really see. But I, I like Guy Ritchie. Like I said, he's he's directed three uh, of my favorite movies, so I definitely uh, you know think he's done enough to get the chance.
1: And you don't have to worry about Aladdin bombing. Like even if it's not great, it's not going to bomb. So yeah. yeah, there's that as well. All right, well,
0: guys, that was day twenty three. We 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 got through the whole entire thing. We got some more news to go over besides that, but we got a lot of information from Disney, and it only is going to be the tip of the iceberg compared to next week when we do our show for Comic Con, because if you thought that they revealed some stuff out here, (laughs) we got DC, Marvel, everyone next week showing us what's going on in movies and TV. But let's move on to some movie news and some television news and go over some of the other stuff that happened this last week, guys. All right, so we got the first report, David Ayer, uh, director. Of many movies, but for some reason, a lot of people are only going to know him for Suicide Squad. Uh, drops out <laughs> and talks to helm the Scarface remake, featuring Diego Luna as the lead, and written by the Coen Brothers. This movie, like the two past Scarface movies, uh, one taking place in the '70s and dealing with uh, the, the Colombian cartel and cocaine, and then the one that was made, I believe Nick will probably correct me on this, made in the '30s and it was about uh, the, 1931. 1931, and it was about the uh, abolition uh, with the alcohol and the Italian mob. Well, this one is going to be about the Mexican cartel and heroin. So. Well, tomato, Somali. Um yeah. But anyways, uh, so, so the concept, a lot of people are freaking out about them doing a Scarface remake, and they don't realize that, there was a, that, that Scarface, the, the one with <laughs> Al Pacino, is actually a remake from 1933. But I loved a third story told with the same characters in a different setting, It's kind of fucked up. It's like, I love these drug settings and them doing this in different timelines. But it's cool. (laughs) And the fact that the Coen brothers, I know that Nick is going to kill me for saying this, but I think the Coen brothers are better writers than they are directors. Um, I'm not... I like a lot of their movies, but I'm not as in love with the Coen brothers as, as some other people. As they're way smarter than me. Uh, but they're writing, whenever, whenever they're writing a film, I'm very excited. Uh, so, with, and Diego Luna. I mean, I, I love the actor Diego Luna. So, let me just pass it actually to you, Nick, since I just brought you up. Um, David Air dropping out, does that make you nervous? Because uh, he's now the second director. Uh, Antoine Foucault was supposed to do it. David Ayer is good friends with him. They steered him in this direction. Now he dropped out. Uh, and do you want to see a Scarface remake?
1: Um, I think out of like a lot of things that get thrown around for, uh, to be remade, I think this one makes more sense than most. And I'm like right there with you with like, I I find it to be hilarious. Like it it seems like everybody who's like, oh, they can't remake Scar-make Scarface. They, they they literally don't even know that it, it's like the 1983 version with Al Pacino is a remake. So. Uh yeah, I I think it's a great idea. Um I actually love the idea of it revolving around the the Mexican cartel and uh the, the kind of heroin epidemic that um is kind of uh very widespread right now. Um I you know, it, it it's never promising when two directors uh step away from a film, but you know, it's impossible to know what is what is uh, studio spin and what is the actual truth. Um, but from what I recall, uh, Fuqua stepped away, uh, because he, uh, wanted to do like a different project. And I, I haven't heard any reports as to why they are stepping away. Um, but you know, I, I feel like a lot of that could be, um, uh, could, could be mundane reasons. Um, I love the fact that the Coen brothers wrote the script I honestly just wish the Coen brothers would direct it cause I actually just love the Coen brothers. And I think, um, that, you know, when it comes to directing, uh, you know, a script, you know, who better than the person who wrote the script nine times out of 10. Um, but yeah, I, I it, it doesn't overly concern me. I I'm so cautiously optimistic that it's going to be a good piece. And I like you, Dane love Diego Luna. I think he's a, um, kind of very underrated actor.
0: Yeah, and honestly, you know, I'm right there with you. I would be completely okay for the Coen brothers to inevitably direct this uh, based on a lot of their movies. Uh, or I'm trying to think, like, maybe Paul Thomas Anderson should take a crack at this. Uh, something that caliber oh, has that, that That would be huge, man. Oh, yeah, because you have Paul Thomas Anderson write, or directing a Coen brothers film uh, about yeah. Scarface with Diego Luna. I, I think that that would be amazing, uh, but... Doubt that's going to happen. Kanan, how do you feel about this whole entire thing? Oh, it looks like John's called in. All right, well, I'll get your opinion and then I will uh, take John um, and get him into this whole entire conversation. But how do you feel about David Ayer dropping out of Scarface and are you looking forward to seeing this movie inevitably come out?
2: Well, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the uh, Al Pacino version and honestly, I did not know that that it was a remake of a 1933's version. Um, I think, uh air would have been perfect for this movie though because i'm in the minority but i really like sabotage and i feel like uh he could have took that grit and that kind of action and and did really well with the scarface movie uh i don't want to speculate as to why david Ayer dropped out people are uh some people are saying he's not going to get the gotham city sirens movie uh i still think that that's probably uh being rushed. I would assume that would be the reason why he's
0: not doing this movie.
2: Well, that's how I feel, but there's a lot of people, you know, it's some people that, uh, you know, that, you know, Jawan speaks with that says uh, he's not going to, you know, that they're pretty sure he's not going to get that movie. I think it's the complete opposite. I think Warner Brothers see is that their properties are, are, you know, on the, on the better track. They're, they're getting, on the right track with stuff, and they're like, hey, we want to get this out, especially with, uh, you know, Matt Reeves finishing up Apes, getting started on the Batman movie. Uh, I think David Ayer, you know, probably was, you know, pulled away to, to get started on Gotham City Sirens. Uh, the Scarface movie, I mean, Diego Luna is, uh, is a great actor, um, you know, especially, you know, if you liked Rogue One, you know like I did, you know I loved him in that movie so um definitely looking forward to it. I'm on the opposite side of the fence that you are about the Cohen brothers. I think they're great directors. I think they're great writers. Uh their movies are always uh top notch for the most part. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the film and I you know and it doesn't bother me that Ayer's not on the project even though
0: I think he would have been a great director for it. Yeah. I, it's it's not that I, I, I don't think that they're bad directors. That's definitely not it. It's just their movies have never um, responded to me quite like someone like a Quentin Tarantino, who's one of their, obviously their peers has um, as much. But, I mean, I still have liked a lot of their films. So I think, like I said, they are incredible, top-notch um, creators. Um, Gerald, how, how do you feel personally about this?
5: I can't really, I mean, I really don't know the guy's movies, like I'm really sitting here listening to all the movies that he did, I'd like, I mean I like the, you know I guess, what? when Scarface come out, was it 1970 something, or was that, did it come out in the 90s? 83 was it
1: 83?
5: Yeah. yeah, it was basically the only movie I've seen of that director and stuff like that, so I really don't have an opinion on well, you That's, know, Brian, what he that's can,
1: Brian De Palma um, who directed that one? Um, David Ayers. He did. Uh, I, didn't he? Didn't he write Training Day? He now, wrote tra- Training Day.
0: He uh, directed End of Watch. He directed um, what was the Fury? He uh, directed obviously Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah, Fury was, was a very underrated much. film. Um, but we're I'm, all on, wait, that?
0: No, I was just going to say, Gerald. Uh, just so basically where we don't know much about that director, but we know that this thing has potential with a new person behind it. Caitlin, how do you feel about David here dropping off Scarface and do you want to see a Scarface remake to begin with?
4: Um, honestly, I think it'd be cool. I, I think that it's topical. Um, you have the, the heroin epidemic and then the Mexican drug cartel and, and what have you. It's, it's definitely topical for, for our time and place. Um, these things kind of go on a cycle and you know as far as remakes are concerned you know they go back to the wealth like hey is there a story there oh yeah well this seems to be cropping up so as far as making a remake especially since you pointed out that it was you know it was based upon a movie in 1933 anyway um yeah no that's getting off my back I love Scarface I thought that was a great film I have no problem with them doing it again um and, and you know, same song but you know different verse, and, and a different take on it, and uh and bringing it to the to the present. Um, as far as the director leaving, you know, that is yeah, I believe it was Nick said, you know, or I, I believe it was Nick, or it might have been Dean. Um, I'm sorry, uh, you're um just kind of out of it today. Um, when it comes to that, I would they that it's not exactly something that you know makes me you know leap with joy or like it gives me a little bit of pause like oh wow these guys are dropping like flies but you know it could be just life happens you know things happen directors have to drop off projects personal issues crop up things happen you know it's a it's a industry comprised of human beings so you know it could be anything it could you know Maybe his dog died. I, I don't know. Um, but so I mean, maybe it's a really, really good project. I think it has a lot of a lot of um, potential to be a good movie, especially since they're bringing it to the forefront and, and highlighting the the current drug epidemic with with heroin and opioids and, and the like. So I'm I'm all in. I, I'll go see it.
0: All right. Well. Let's ask uh, this this next question uh, to John. Uh, John Kalina, you're joining us tonight. What's up, man? Hey,
5: this is John Kalina. How you guys doing today?
0: <laughs> What's up, Come man? John
5: Kalina. How's
2: it
1: going, man? Is that
6: Nick
2: You know well, him from
1: his, his very famous drunk reviews.
0: Yeah, exactly, and uh, that's a good plug for me to say that we have an episode, me and John and his brother Joe, which we need to get you guys both on an episode together, uh, which is what the hell did we name it? The Kalina Brodam featuring me, Dane Yeah, but I feel like uh, between two Kalinas.
4: Between, between two Kalinas with a side of DNAs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's, I don't know how I feel about that one. I think I like the original one better, but uh, We'll figure it out. But, uh, John, uh, thanks for having you on the show. Um, So the question is, David Ayer is dropped out to direct Scarface, uh, this next uh, remake of the remake from the 30s. Uh, Well, 70s and 30s, but whatever. Um, Are you excited for a Scarface remake, and do you think it's bad that David Ayer is the second director to drop out on this project?
3: I mean, that's always a bad sign to me. And am I excited? I mean, no, I don't. I don't. I'm like I said earlier to you personally. I'm sick of remakes.
0: It's like all that Hollywood can come up with nowadays.
3: I, that's just my opinion, flat out.
0: Well, that was a that was a brilliant opinion, John. Very brilliant. thing well said.
1: the point.
0: Actually, hold on. I can actually do something for you. If this wow! Really there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go on to our next subject then. All buttons? right. So. So Quentin Tarantino is making his next movie on the Charles Manson murders. What the fuck? So, all right. I love Quentin Tarantino. He's one of my favorite directors. His last movie to me was not as appealing as some of his other films. I thought it was kind of dry and, and boring, Herity. honestly. Um, I, you know, it's, I, I, but I still think he's, he's one of my favorite directors of all time. Um, so he's now doing one on Charles Manson murders. My whole thing with Quentin Tarantino, and you guys can probably tell, um, his style is kind of weird. If you watch, um, well, for a historical movie, if you will, uh, because if you watch Inglourious Bastards, they obviously did not stay on cue what happened historically. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering if, the, if, if if this is Quentin Tarantino doing a Quentin Tarantino movie with this as the theme, or if he's actually doing a movie about the murders and kind of step, stepping out a little bit out of his wheelhouse. Um, Nick, you said blasphemy, so you're going to go last. Um, John, uh, <laughs> how you. do you feel about uh, about Quentin Tarantino doing his next movie, which possibly could be his last one, about the Charles Manson murders?
6: Um,
3: I mean, it with such a little information about it, I think straight up, first thought, pretty awesome uh i think that he'll do an awesome job of, it's like he like you said it's not like a real um correct historical, documentary type of movie if it's just like a fake fantasy land that's really messed up and seeing quentin tarantino make a movie about that crazy motherfucker I and mean, that's, that's gonna be pretty awesome man okay same question yeah, I mean I mean we know
2: how uh gruesome and brutal uh Tarantino movies can be and I almost think this will top uh natural born killers as far as uh the brutality you know, I I love Tarantino. I think all of his movies um uh, you know, are you know, well done. the uh the last one he does was uh Hateful Eight, correct? Yes. Yes, sir? Yes, yeah. okay so. Uh, and, I, and I really enjoyed that movie. I'm not much of a Channing Tatum fan, and I thought Channing Tatum, I thought Quentin Tarantino made Channing Tatum, uh, amazing in that movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if this is his last movie. It seems like he wants to go out with a bang and be very controversial. Uh, so I just have to wait and see uh, if it's going to be, like, more of a documentary type movie, or if it's going to be like Inglourious Bastards, like you said, where, you know, it's, uh, just hey, we we've incorporated history, but we're gonna make it our own, you know. Like they blast Hitler and blow up the entire Nazi regime at the end of the movie. So, uh, <laughs> but it's if this is his last movie, I expect a lot. I think the the biggest thing is gonna be the cast. Uh, I want to wait and kind of see you know who he's gonna uh, cast for each role.
0: That is the big question, is mainly because I know that Marco Robbie. Has met, apparently, or has tried out for the role of... Uh, what's, what's the woman?
1: Sharon name? Tate. Nick. Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Tate.
0: Um, I, I know that Jennifer Lawrence, apparently she didn't try out for the role of Sharon Tate, but she tried it out for a role. Um, and, and there's no word on who's playing Charlie. Um, a lot of great ideas thrown out uh, the other day when we actually dropped the news on our page. Um, I can't really remember a lot of them offhand, but everyone's was fantastic. One of the plays from Jake Gyllenhaal to just just random actors that probably do a good job um caitlin uh let me ask you the same thing do you think that quentin tarantino is going to take the source material and stay and actually make like a movie that's that's really about the charles manson murders or is it going to be more like farcical in nature
4: um i think he's going to go with what he knows and and what he knows is is Satire and, and, like you said, farcical kind of comedy, uh, dark, 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 dark comedy. Um, emphasis on dark. Uh, my degree actually is in criminal justice, so I've had to study and write a paper on on Charles Manson and um, as far as culpability and how much he's, you know, and obviously he was held culpable for those murders because he was the ringleader and they put him in jail. Um, I think it was touched on a lot. Uh, I don't know if you, anyone saw Aquarius with David Duchovny at all. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of, um, it, it kind of, you know, moved in, in, you know, Charlie Manson. And uh, I mean, cause people are still fascinated by this guy, you know, years and years and years later, because he's that cult of personality. And, um, that's why people are still studying him and writing papers about him in college and, and what have you. Um, I think that Quentin Tarantino has the absolute ability to take something that has been mined and researched and documented to excruciating detail. Um, and just much like world war two, like what he did with inglorious masters, something that is just historically chronicled to death you know, like and rightly so, because it's, you know these are big moments in history, um, you know I'm not knocking historians, I'm saying that he has the the ability and the talent of taking the status quo and and taking you know what we do know and then going completely different way with it and and just being as outrageous as possible and to the point where you're just like I mean like I look at people like Eli Roth and Quentin Tarantino and I'm like, What the hell is going on in their heads? Like like they're they're or so Rob good Zombie. They yeah, and then, like Rob Zombie, you look at those movies and you're like, cinematically this is brilliant, but oh my god, I would never go to dinner at their house. Like I would be so freaked out the whole time. <laughs> um like and and that's the thing is that you you can really and then you kind of like you're like wow why do I like and respect people that that truly frighten me um, because they get into the heads of like honestly they would make great criminal profilers uh, they really would um, they have that ability to to mine those darkest depths. And, and really pull out an amazing product, and, and really understand a character, um, and and you know, and is no matter how depraved they are, um, in that that's kind of scary in and of itself to to have that talent. I'm like, what what is going on in that house? Like, is everybody okay? Do we need to go check on some people? Like, get pictures of people with today's newspaper, make sure everybody's alive, because you know it, it got eli roth he freaks me out man uh I, ooh, I i went to the horror exhibit at the emp museum in seattle and he did a little like thing there one of the exhibits and i was just like no nah, man i no, nope you, you creep me out too much although he was amazing and glorious bastard so i anyway yeah no i'm i'm Honestly, I, could, I think he's going to just make it a farce. He's, he's going to make it outrageous, especially if this is his swan song. So
0: That's so weird. Think of it that it might be possibly a swan song. Nick, uh, how do you feel about all this? Do you, how do you think that Quentin's that going to do it?
1: Finally. I've been waiting with bated breath. First of all, uh, The Hay Boy is a terrific movie. It's an awesome uh, Western meets Reservoir Dogs it's fucking awesome like i fucking love that movie um secondly as far as this pick um i think it's very interesting because tarantino um this is actually his ninth film and he said he was going to stop after 10 so this won't be his last film um he's definitely oh. going to do one more um but that one it, it may be his last film if he if he you know follows through with what he says he's going to do um however um i i think if you look at the the recent history of his film, so you got uh, after Jackie Brown, post-Jackie Brown, you've got, uh, and even you could almost even include Jackie Brown because Jackie Brown was the first movie that he did that wasn't an original screenplay. It was based off an Elmore Leonard novel. Uh, And then he did uh, Kill Bill, Volume 1, Volume 2. So that was a kung fu movie. Um, And then you get to, uh, you know, uh, Death Proof and Glorious Bastards, uh, and then the the most recent Django and and the Hateful Eight, which was his dip into western. So you've got you've got uh, you know first in all of those movies um, except for I guess uh, Kill Bill was volume two was an extension of the first one. And he did two western picks back to back. But he likes to dabble in in different genres, and that's kind of been his his mo for you know the last. Almost two decades, um, so I think I think this is actually going to be a biopic. Like I think that's what he wants to do. That's like his next thing he wants to do a biopic. So I actually think, uh, of course, there will be liberties taking uh, taken. You know, just like uh, Dane and you and I have discussed this at exhaustion. Just like say Oliver Stone. Um, likes to take a lot of liberties, whether it be JFK, whether it be Snowden, whether it be uh, W, whether it be any of his biopics. He likes to take liberties. Um, that's what directors do. They want to tell the best story, and sometimes to do that, you have to move things around. Maybe something is said at, at a point in time that gets, you know, uh, repositioned into a different setting or something like that. I say that because of um, W. There were several instances of that. Um, but nevertheless I do think he's i don't think this is going to be like farcical in the sense of what inglorious bastards was because that wasn't really um that wasn't a biopic these were all made up characters that, that it was it was um revisionist history or uh, uh, uh fictional history um but it wasn't a biopic I think he's going to kind of keep close to what actually happened here um, and i'm very interested to see it and i agree i think kanan pointed out like when the cast, that's when I'm really going to get excited. Um, And I still think Daniel Radcliffe or Shia LaBeouf uh, for Charlie Manson, I think either one of them would be terrific. Um, Daniel Radcliffe would be my first choice because he's 5'5", and Manson was 5'4". And I I also think a lot of it depends on, uh, you know, what is this going to be about the Tate murders? Or, uh, or, or is this going to be a more sprawling uh, epic about Charles Manson? Because at the, at the time of the Tate murders, I believe Charlie Manson was about 34, 35 years old. So if it's going to revolve around that, you probably want somebody a little older. But if you're going to go back to the 60s and when he had his time with the Beach Boys and all of that kind of stuff – um, you know, you're know, you going to want somebody who's a little younger who you can make look older as the film goes along. And that would also be another first for Tarantino. If you think about most of his movies, they take place in a very concise amount of time as it pertains to uh, the time that goes on on screen for the characters. Uh, I think Kill Bill was probably the longest maybe in Glorious Bastards, but usually they're very concise amounts of time to, was, is this film going to take place over like a 10 year period or maybe a 10 month period or there's just a lot of fucking questions, but I love it. I can't wait. I'm probably the biggest Tarantino fan here. So um, my, um, my favorite director.
4: Let me, ask, you hate to let me ask you a question though, Nick, do you think, um, since you're the biggest Tarantino fan um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I agree, I like his work. I really do. like I'm not as big a fan as you are, but I, I do like his work. Sure. However, do you think that he is going to take this as a do you think he is gonna maybe glorify the crime that Charles Manson committed? Like how do you think he's gonna be able to touch on, you know, um what Charles Manson is mainly famous for? I, I would I would imagine as far as timeline's concerned that they're probably gonna focus more on the murders, because that's the meat and potatoes of who Charles Banson is. That's Absolutely. what we know him for. Absolutely, that's a great question. Do you, do you um, think I'm, he's going to go be respectful of the victims? Do you think that it's going to be kind of like shocking violence? Because he likes to push the envelope. I mean, as yeah, an it's, artist, it's, he always hyper violence.
1: And I, yeah, yeah. And, and and Tarantino is certainly famous for hyper violence. Um, yeah, I, I think you're going to get that because that's Tarantino's style. I, I like. To ask the question of whether it's tasteful or not um, like, that's like to ask the question of whether you think that uh, any Tarantino movie is tasteful um, I, I think it just depends on what you consider tasteful um, because it, I mean it, the way that he deals in violence in his films um, is, is very uh, almost nonchalant um because of and and not just because of the way he shoots it but because of the way the characters uh that he writes interact with it. And so I think you're going to get that. Like the, you're going to get the kind of violence that that he writes with Manson because Manson was so nonchalant about it and the way that he, you know, manipulated these people, it was just all a big game to him. Um, so I do think you're going to get that, um, you know, with this film. I think you'll definitely see uh, his his quote-unquote hyper-violent style applied to a biopic, and I think it will make, a, a, you know, a, a, a healthy portion of people uncomfortable, and, um, you know, they may not like it. Uh, but, you know, if if you're telling a story about a crazy fucking psychopath who, you know, manipulates people to go kill innocent people, like, and you show crazy violence, that's what happened. So I I don't necessarily see it as glorification so much as I see it as a representation of what the characters actually see as what they're doing.
4: Uh, Do you think that he's going to make it like a, uh, like kind of a, like a, like a fan letter to Charlie Manson? No, I, I don't think so. No, I, I don't like. I I didn't think because here's what I noticed with a lot of his films is that the violence seems to have somewhat of a purpose. Like right. with you know with Inglorious Bastards, you know it, that was Hitler. I mean nobody likes Hitler. With Django Unchained, it's slavery and slavers. I mean. No, like his villains are actually villains, you know. Um, with Kill Bill, I mean, she's avenging, you know, um, them, you know, killing her
1: <laughs> and,
4: and, you know, and, and basically, you know, putting her in a coma. Um, all very justifiable things, like, so a lot of his violence, while gratuitous and like and like crazy and over the top, which is what he's known for, so that's not so shocking coming from him what I, i'm trying to say is that that his violence has like a, a purpose like it has a, a movement and, and going forward and, and you're like okay here's the villain here like like i don't mind seeing this person die on screen however with the violence here the victims are innocent so
1: I'm well and the fact not, that it's real it, yeah it, it, yeah and, yeah and, and i it totally get it like i i really do i totally get it um but like I said, I think you're going to get, you know, um, you're going to get a Tarantino movie one way or the other. It's just going to be based on no, a yeah, no, true no, story. Yeah, no doubt
4: about that. No doubt about all that. All right, let's go no, to no, the no, uh, next you subject. Do you guys,
0: you guys want to talk about some DC stuff? Sounds like a great time. All right, according to production <laughs> details, um, Screen Rants has learned, apparently, guys, first of all, Big Q Screen Rant, I just said that as a source. So, take this with a grain of salt. This is something that we've heard, but the story of Wonder Woman 2 will be another historical adventure prior to the modern day DC uh, extended universe. Set during the 1980s, uh, the film will send Diana against the forces of the Soviet Union in the closing days of the Cold War. Uh, the production team is expected to remain on board for the sequel, uh, but has not been confirmed. So, the same thing for the director. Uh, with confirmation that Jeff Jones is developing. Uh, Wonder Woman's uh, script, along with Jenkins. Chris Pine is apparently returning. I have this information. I'm going to send it to the best person I think to talk about this information because he probably knows a lot more about that. That it would be Caden. Caden, is this stuff anything to talk about?
2: Uh, I mean, they're I mean, I haven't seen any of like the major trades, but I know like the rap, um, You know, they they went with it. Of course, Screen Rants uh, speaking about it. I just. I, I mean really I guess we're just going to have to wait till uh the Comic-Con to really uh, know for sure because uh you know it it I mean I, other than that I haven't heard anything cuz so they're being very tight-lipped about it. I don't know where they're getting uh their their information from as far as like if it's a reliable source or not, but I haven't heard anything from Warner Brothers and uh you know Gal Gadot's not said anything, Paige Jenkins hasn't said anything. Last I heard uh, you know, she was still in negotiations uh, you know to do the sequel uh, to do the sequel, so I don't know if they fixed that, but we'll 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 know this weekend. I'm sure we'll have a full slate of movies um, and then go from there but i mean if if, if, it's, a, if it's true, then it kind of contradicts what she told Bruce and in, uh, in Batman v Superman, you know that pretty much after what happened in Wonder Woman you know, that she walked away from mankind for a 100 years, and it wasn't until the events of Doomsday and Lex that brought her back. So, I mean, what is she doing? Is she just kind of like, you know, they're saying it's during the Cold War. I mean, that just sounds very boring to me. Uh, (laughs) I I would think that it would be a little bit more, um, you know, adventurous and, and, you know, more action. I mean, what is she going to be doing sitting there in the U.N., like, Waving her shield and sword and fighting for for rights—I don't know—that just sounds very boring to me. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that's not where they go with this.
0: Yeah, it kind of seems boring to me too. And I'm really worried about the whole concept of Chris Pine huh. coming back. I know that he's signed to more than one movie, um, but is this going to be a flashback? Do we figure out a way to have him survive? I don't know. There's a lot of like scary shit with that whole concept. Uh, these rumors, John. Uh, that we're talking about with Wonder Woman's uh, sequel. Uh, Would you be interested in this concept itself, or is it kind of out there and contradictory?
3: Uh, I mean, to me, it's just, I don't know, man. You know my thoughts on most DC movies, and to me that's just kind of backtracking and doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. And like uh, Caden said, I think that during the Cold War, that'd be just hilarious.
5: (laughs) Hmm. She's
3: going to sit there waving her shield around, <laughs> trying to get them to stop shooting missiles. I mean, I, I guess they can go like, the Watchmen route. And, you know, because that was great, but that was Watchmen. You can't really get Wonder Woman to partake in the same kind of events that Watchmen has. But it's just, again, trying to make Wonder Woman. I think it's forcing her historical um, uh, background. Relevant? Think, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, relevant. I I don't know. It's just working too much. Nick, how do you feel?
1: I, I, you know, I am probably the only person here who has yet to see Wonder Woman. I know. Blasphemy. Sorry, guys. Um, However, you know, just on the principle of it being a Cold War era piece, um, I I think it's got great potential. I mean, I'm kind of hoping for almost like an espionage piece, because that's what went on during the Cold War. I mean, it was a lot like... Like, um, take for example, uh, have any of you guys seen Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy? Um, That movie is really good, and and it's an espionage piece. Like that's what it is, and it's like high tension, but it's not like a it's not like a huge sprawling war. Um, So I think if they if they use that kind of model and put a superhero in there to like fill the you know the main lead, um, I think it could be interesting. I think it could be something that you know, when is all said and done, if done correctly, could end up rivaling, uh, you know, um, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, which was another kind of political thriller. Um, and this would be less, I guess, less of a political conspiracy thriller and more of like an espionage based thriller. So, you know, on that kind of aspect alone, I am actually a little hyped for it. I, I kind of like the idea.
0: Well, if it's true, some some things come off cool, and some things come off like I agree with Kanan that they just kind of contradict what they've already put in place. But then again, I mean, they're going to probably do that if they want to. Like the thing with me with the Chris Pine stuff is, is the stuff I'm most interested to find out about because I want to know what that how how he just comes into this movie. Um, yeah, and, and really, I can't how you to have that. a flashback? Yeah, yeah. How would you have a flashback? Because there was not enough like time for them that wasn't shown to us besides their boom boom time. Um, you know that would be able to equate anything for a flashback. Uh, Caitlin, um, how do you feel if this is the if this is how they're doing it? Uh, second movie, Soviet Union, nineteen eighties, Cold War. Um, do you like that idea for this rumor, or do you kind of prefer it to go a different direction? Uh,
4: you know, I, I I love Patty. You know, I love Patty. I love her work. Um, however. You know, you think about a war you think and and you know, Diana, you know, stopping a war. Um, you think like World War One or World War Two where like she's like, you know, putting the shield and, and got the whip and like, like kicking ass. Um, historically speaking, the Cold War wasn't that like it was a lot of tension. And yeah, there was a lot of you know espionage on both sides, and you know Tinker Tinker uh, Taylor Soldier Spy uh, Gary Oldman is a really good film. Um, I, I don't know, it, it just doesn't seem like it fits with her, and maybe that's that's kind of what they're gonna highlight is that that's not her arena, and she has to kind of navigate. Through a very different type of war, um, a war that has you know no out you know outrageous battle scenes, a, a war that is uh, you know kind of under under cloak and dagger, um, and and how she adapts to that and adapts to different forms of war, um, I, I think that could be really interesting. However, the Chris Pine thing, unless it's a flashback kind of thing, that makes me really nervous because it smacks too much of a winter soldier kind of vibe where uh, you know like you know uh, somebody that she lost in a war you know now it, what if the russians got a hold of him blah 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 brainwashed him blah 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 right, you yeah. know and, and 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 not to say that winter soldier was bad i loved winter soldier but it's been done and move on you know and, and I don't want them to go you know especially like DC they have their own thing and Marvel has their own thing like like you know um, and and to I think it would be a little disingenuous and kind of a a smack in the face to Winter Soldier to be like oh we're going to do it too and you know I think the concept of the Cold War in general while not overtly um Exciting, you know, like you know, bombs or you know, which depending on your view of what's exciting, I think it would be interesting to see how how she navigates war because she's only known war as being like a raging battle, and and I think that would be really cool um, to see how she you know comes to grips you know with humanity and, and and their many forms of war and and how they fight with each other and you know kind of forcing her to because she like that whole okay that whole scene where she's you know getting into traditional you know uh 19th century garb and uh women's garb and she's like how do you fight in this and you know and and she, you know she's like trying to go through that turnstile with a with a um or the revolving door with like a, a shield and a uh, sword you know and, and kind of like you you look at it in those terms this Maybe it's it's about her trying to fit in with society more and um, and then on top of which, fitting in for the purpose of buying and espionage and stuff, which are not in her wheelhouse. Because she's like red, white, and blue, here I am, bitch, I got a sword, let's do this. So I think it would be interesting. They could definitely take that a really cool way. So that's how I, I, I you know, we'll see. I'm... I'm, I'm nervous about Chris Pine. I'm, I'm very Sounds nervous. Sounds like
1: you're cautiously optimistic, though.
4: Yeah, I am I think Cold War could be very cool. I think it could take the character in a whole different direction in a whole different way. But Chris Pine makes me nervous. Like, make him a flashback. That, that whole concept.
0: That whole concept. Yeah. Is, make him a That's what makes memory. me nervous, too. But. But having the Soviet Union as a theme, I mean, it could either go one of two ways. I mean, John, obviously, the, the one that we all think about is Watchmen. But, I mean, also, what is it, Superman 3 or 4, The Hope for Peace? That was an awful fucking movie involving the Cold War. <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite ones was actually X-Men First Class, and I thought they did a really good job. But it's just been That's done true. so many times as a story <laughs> point. I kind of wish if they're going to do another war, just do World War II for the next one. I think that you can do a lot no, no, more. She's and still been make done more sense. than
1: the Cold War, though.
0: I, that's a good point. Maybe Vietnam. Just something that makes sense to the main setup that she is not, you know, she's, she hasn't been involved with Man for a long time. Because if she stopped in the 80s, sorry, that, that, that's actually sooner than, you know, what we originally right. kind of thought. But let's go on into yeah. our last topic, guys, that we have time for. Um, and uh, just Matt Reeves revealed that he's not using Ben Affleck's script for the Batman, and will be starting from scratch. Uh, so the script that Terrio, Affleck, and Johns uh, made together has been scrapped, which we kind of all thought that or knew that uh, beforehand. Uh, so let me go and ask uh, on the way down, uh, Nick: How do you do? You like that Matt Reeves, who has written some movies himself, is going to be starting from scrap and doing this, basically writing it and directing it himself.
1: I'm okay with it. I, I I will. I hope that at least at some point we get the like leaked. Ben Affleck script, so we can all like read it, because I would I would really really love to sit down and read what his notion was for it. Um, but I do I do have a lot of faith in Matt Reeves, and I think the fact that he wants to do kind of more of like, um, from what I've heard, like this kind of noir piece with with you know uh, Batman uh, uh, kind of being almost like focusing on his detective. Uh, skills and all that kind of stuff. I think is a very fresh idea. I think it's very new. And if he wants to rewrite the script to reflect that, like I'm totally cool with that. And even if it's something a little different than that, like let I would rather have a director uh, doing the script that he wants to do than having a director doing the script that you know maybe he's not 100% sold on shooting, regardless of whether or not it's a good script.
0: I, I agree, and especially like when he's saying noir, and that he wants this next movie to be a detective story. Uh, man, I hope that he's watching some old episodes of Batman the Animated Series and just yeah. you know really he's going to really delve deep into that type of concept and cinematic experience that we really haven't seen with Batman. Um, Kanan, are you nervous about this approach, or are you excited that Matt Reeves is exploring this subject by himself? No, I'm not
2: nervous about it. Um... I, I kind of figured that when Matt Reeves came on, it was going to, you know, it was going to be his movie. I think he was just taking time to kind of get through the whole apes um, press. But I, I think that I'm not, I would love to know uh, the theme and the the scenario for Affleck's script. But apparently it's probably, you know, nowhere near what Reeves uh, was wanting. Now, I don't know if they'll take pieces of it. Um, or if it's just going to be scrubbed. I mean, that's got a lot of people kind of freaking out about it. Uh, now, if Deathstroke's not going to be in the movie at all, uh, you know, who who's going to be the villain. Uh, but I, I think this is going to be... I think this is going to be good. I think this is going to be a Batman that we've never really seen. I mean, other than, you know, the detective work that he did in Batman v Superman. But I think we're going to kind of see the, uh, you know, the more true uh, detective-type Batman uh, and, you know, utilizing more of those skills than, you know, just relying on fighting and uh, his gadgets. So,
6: uh,
2: you know, Matt Reeves is a great director, um, but I guess the only thing that people are probably worried about is, you know, is if Affleck's going to drop out, you know, because of this, which I don't think will happen. So, yeah, I you know, know I, think, I think, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right, man. If anything, I think this is going to keep Affleck going forward. I think the involvement with Matt Reeves with this project. I'm just, I'm, I'm uh, assuming this, and then also the collaboration with Zack Snyder and also Josh Whedon for Justice League. I think, I think it's making Ben Affleck. They're taking less off of him for being a creative force for the whole entire storyline, and actually just letting him be Batman. And, you know, he's been going through a lot of stuff. But, uh, Caitlin, um, how do you feel about this? Uh, Are you excited that Matt Reeves is taking over and just solely doing this by himself? Or are you kind of sad that Ben Affleck's script is not going to be involved in the project?
4: Um, I think with with a lot of these, uh, you know, movies and stuff, uh, you know, you can have too many irons in the fire. You can have too many people trying to stir the soup. And, I think he's probably just trying to take it back to a more pure form of Batman, which is what Batman started out as, as, you know, detective comics, like he's a detective. That's his, that's his biggest, I guess, asset, um, you know? Um, so, so I think it's, it's cool. I think that I don't think that Ben Affleck will drop out or, or anything like that. I, I think that would be a really Stupid move, career-wise, on his part. If he dropped out because of that, because of creative differences, or whatever, um, I, I think that he just—they had a difference of opinion. And I, I think, like what you said, just let him be Batman. Just let him, let him act. Let him do do that side of the the house, and let him, you know, write and direct something else.
0: I completely agree, and I think that's probably the best approach for Ben, because yeah. I don't think it would just be because, though they dropped my script. I don't, I really think that he wasn't invested in that as much as Ben's been stressed out from life, um, just in general lately. Obviously, the whole end of his marriage, you know, going to rehab—that all happened around the same time. And people don't realize that that probably heavily influenced if there was that the fact that he dropped out and the fact of his his. Uh, not wanting to be a part of it. But a lot of people still believe he's going to be gone after Justice League and, and the Batman because that, that I think is how his, when his the contract movie. runs out uh, for those movies. But I think that he'll be doing this for a while as, as long as he's playing the character. And maybe later on he'll get creative and uh, do another – like maybe maybe he'll do Justice League 3 you know, or, or Justice League 2. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Or direct a movie that
1: doesn't have Batman in it. Like he could totally do yeah. that. That would be awesome. That yeah, that'd be great. You, you don't have to pigeonhole him to just very uh, stuff involving. Absolutely. He's very so talented. who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm. i uh, the, the, His style, you know, with Argo and the town, like he's got a great visual style. It would work out for comic books. I know we've we've said many directors, and Ben Affleck's definitely one of them. Uh, not not the same as like a guy Richie or Joe Carnahan, but like all of them from if you watch their stuff just visually you can see that those styles could equate really well with a comic book movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Um, but anyway, it's been a great show tonight. We, we covered D23 and a bunch of other news. I had some great guests. Great guests. Great. Well, we did have great guests, actually. Juwan uh, had some technical issues. He was out earlier. Uh, definitely check out everything that's going on Geek Vibes. Uh, we got a contest going on. And also, keep on uh, putting those pictures, guys, showing us some love it It means a lot, so just go down to the geek vibes uh picture collection basically the the little contest that we got going take a picture and uh that's about it and um hope you guys had a good night let me uh let me uh exit my uh, panelists Nick have a wonderful evening man
1: thank you sir as as always it was quite the pleasure
0: uh John had to go early cause, uh you know, family stuff so we understand
1: obviously. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um and uh Gerald dropped earlier. I don't know what happened. Um, unfortunate, so uh but thanks for Gerald for being on. Uh Caitlin, thank you for uh joining us. Say goodbye to the good people.
4: I had a lot of fun, thank you. Uh sorry for getting long winded in a couple spots and telling you about my kid pooping her pants. <laughs> it would
0: it, it wouldn't be a show without it. It really would not. Uh Caden, uh Thank you, sir, for joining us tonight, and I uh, hope you have a good evening. You as well. It's always fun, and can't wait to do it again next week. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, i got a little song for us to go out to, and you guys have a good evening, okay? Yeah, another This is all about how. All
1: about about how. how. my there's life got flipped turned upside down. So I'd like to take a minute just like sit right like there and tell you, right you, how, tell how, you how, came to how the, the town, town called, called
0: Bel Air. <laughs>